a suspension at Michigan, a real big-time problem in Los Angeles with basketball, and a presidency that is up for grabs. Oh, there's a lot to talk about here. Special edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show coming your way right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the special edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show. I'm usually coming at you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over the digital airwaves of YouTube. We are finally here. I'm here in my brand new studios. I'm not showing it all to you yet. I'm not showing it all to you yet. But I'm here. And as usual, thanks to my official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, the official studio sponsor of the Stephen A. Smith Show. By the way, the love and support that continues to come my way. Can't thank you enough. Subscribers have now eclipsed 378,000 in the first seven months or so. So I can't thank y'all enough for keeping the love coming. You keep it coming, I'm going to keep on coming. Make no mistake about that. As usual, you can like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Just click the bell to get notified of all of our new content. While you're at it and doing all of that, please make sure, do not forget to pick up my New York Times best-selling book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. I'll be taking your calls. And questions again, I promised you I would return with those. And here I am. The number to call up is 888-727-5303. Once again, that's 888-SAS-5303. Yes, you will be talking to your boy directly. Make no mistake about that. I want to do a special edition because on this particular Saturday, there's something that's going on. The University of Michigan football team, 9-0 on the year. You know, one of the top teams in the nation. Clearly, he's got the top defense in the nation. They will be without their coach, Jim Harbaugh, who was suspended for the rest of the regular season. Essentially, today's game um, at Penn State. And then you've got a game coming up against Maryland. And then they close out the season on a, um, at home at the Ohio State University. Uh, we know what a big-time game that is, what a big-time rivalry that is. And supposedly, it's supposed to be without Jim Harbaugh who was suspended by the Big Ten, courtesy of this investigation that's been going on, where a former staff member who resigned last week, by the way, by the name of Connor Stallion, who was infiltrating sidelines and stealing signs to ultimately give to Michigan. Excuse me. I apologize for the interruption. That's my fault. That's what happened. And essentially what happened is this. Because you had a guy like Connor Stallion, that was infiltrating sidelines and stealing signs and giving it to Jim Harbaugh and his coaching staff. Uh, it broke Big Ten rules and the NCAA as well. And because of that, somebody's head had to roll. Somebody had to pay the price. And they're using Jim Harbaugh to send that message. Let me be very clear. I think that's bullshit. It's flat-out BS. I'm not saying Jim Harbaugh deserved, didn't deserve to be suspended. What I'm saying is that ain't enough. That ain't enough. Now, I understand that the rule might be stupid to some people because you can pick up a coach and call and you can get intel about an opposing team. You can do all of those things. So what's wrong with having somebody spying on other teams to figure out what the hell they're doing to feed the information and the intel back to the coach? As far as they're concerned, that's scouting. That's evaluating. That's what they look at it as. I don't care about any of that. You know what I care about? I care about the fact that historically, if this involved kids, they'd have been suspended. They'd have paid the price. And so the way I look at it is, this is not enough. It's not enough for Jim Harbaugh. You ain't affecting him. You ain't taking any money out of his pocket. Oh, a matter of fact, remember, according to the reports, he's still allowed to coach the team and be around the team 
and engage in team activities, just not on game day. So I can coach you and I can school you and I can tutor you and I can counsel you from Monday through Friday. Saturday, I'm not on the sideline just for three weeks, by the way, because I'll be allowed to come back for the postseason. Okay, because that's where Michigan is expected to be. I don't think the punishment is enough. But before I get into any of that, I was asked that very question last night on CNN with Abby Phillips. And I got to tell you something right now. Usually I will speak extemporaneously off the cuff and I've got no problem with it. But in this particular situation, I must say that I articulated and elocuted myself with quite brilliance, if I might add. I mean, I just need to point that out. So because of that, why should I just speak right now? When I can show you what I said Friday night on CNN. Take a look. I do want to ask you about the Big Ten Conference sanctions today, the news yeah. today, uh, yeah. against the University of Michigan's football coach and head coach Jim Harbaugh over the sign-stealing investigation. He'll be suspended now for the last three games of the season. Right. So do you think that this mm -hmm. sends enough of a message? No, absolutely not. I think that Michigan football, and I've stated this for the record, as long as there's an open investigation devoid of a conclusion by the NCAA and the Big Ten Conference, Michigan should not be allowed to participate in the college football playoffs. I said it last week while I was on campus giving a speech at the University of Michigan, just a few yards away from the big house where they play football. And I'm saying it now on national television. If you have a situation where you have somebody who was a now former employee that was literally infiltrating another team's sidelines, stealing mm. signs to give your team an advantage. That's cheating. That's actually acquiring an unfair advantage, which is what the Big Ten acknowledged in a punishment that they handed down to Jim Harbaugh. You see, that needed to be said. And the reason why it needed to be said, because I'm going to reiterate the point that I made. You can't go to the college football playoffs if the investigation is still open. If the NCAA and the Big Ten have not drawn a definitive conclusion as to what happened, you cannot have Michigan in the playoffs. Now, I know a lot of people out there are saying, Stephen A., man, this is cruel, bro. These are kids we're talking about. These are kids. They're blood, sweat, and tears. They put it out there. They were 12-2 and two or two years ago. They were 13-1 and one last year. They went to the college football playoffs both times. And now they're en route to doing so again. Stephen A., this is getting in the way. This is a bit extreme. It's a bit extreme. What about the kids? What about the kids? Well, Stephen A. love the kids. I sure do. But that's kids everywhere. Not just at Michigan. What about the kids at Alabama? What about the kids at Oregon? What about the kids at Washington? What about the kids at Florida State? What about the kids at Texas? Last time I checked, all of them are in line to get a spot, one of those four spots for the college football playoffs. They weren't associated with sign stealing. They weren't deemed to be a team or a program that had a competitive advantage. We're talking about the integrity of the sport. Why are we minimizing this? Why are we minimizing this? As I said last night on CNN, and I'll say it again, I was on campus at the University of Michigan. I was a few yards away from the big house where they play these damn football games. Ask my man Juvie. Ask my sister Sumatra. I said it right there on campus and I'll say it again. They should not be allowed to participate in the college football playoffs 
unless the investigation is closed. Now, if you close it and say there's not enough evidence to show that there was an unfair advantage, if you close by saying we can't find out how culpable, if, if Jim Harbaugh was culpable at all, we certainly can't find out how culpable he is. You want to say all of that? And because of that, the investigation is concluded? Fine. But if there is a specter of cheating that's, some, that's hovering over you, you're talking about a program going to the college football playoffs, likely with the likes of Georgia, the reigning two-time defending national champion. I think Florida State's going to be there. You know, you look at some of these programs and some of the folks expected to be there. Nobody's going to be talking about them. They're going to be talking about a Michigan squad that doesn't belong there in some people's eyes because they're perceived as being cheaters. Now, it might not be the kids' fault. They didn't sit up there and have somebody on staff padding his wallet, using him and utilizing him to steal signs and ultimately feed the program that stuff. back. I get that. I truly do. But here's the flip side. You telling, you telling me the kids didn't benefit? So if I know what play you're going to run, and I know who's going to get the football, and I know where you're going to get it, I know how you're lined up, I know what you're doing schematically, I can't be fooled because ahead of time, I've got the intel on you, and I received it by breaking rules that were implemented by the conference of not the NCAA, you have now gotten an unfair advantage. And even though we don't want to take any credit away from the kids, those outstanding kids that step out onto the field and perform week in and week out en route to a 9-0 record, the reality is clear. You had an unfair advantage over your opponent because you were able to do things they weren't able to do. Now, Michigan's going to make the argument they weren't the only ones who did it. There were other programs that are doing it. And we also understand that, you know what, Ohio State, or other programs within the Big Ten, it doesn't hurt them to highlight Michigan's flaws. It helps them. We get that. We understand it fully. I totally get it. But in the end, if you got caught with your hands in a cookie jar, you got caught with your hands in a cookie jar. Nobody's saying to suspend the season and that they can't play. What we're saying is you might go to a bowl game. You can continue playing your games against Maryland, against Penn State, against Ohio State, and you can have a bowl game. But your birth in that college football playoffs with a national championship on the line is not acceptable for a team who's perceived or a program who's perceived to have cheated its way there. And as unpopular as we want to make it. Because those brothers did, those brothers, white, black and beyond, went out on that football field and they performed. And nobody's trying to take anything away from them. But in the end, as much as we don't want to say it, as much as we don't want to bring it up, in the end, you do not want to be out there with the college football playoffs going on, with a national championship on the line, and the entire situation is tainted by a team who some are accusing of cheating. Jim Harbaugh being suspended was not enough. As far as I'm concerned, they should have said, we're going to continue this investigation. We're going to move forward. We're not going to slow walk it. And we're going to draw a conclusion. And everybody needs to be fully cooperative because any hesitancy, any reluctance, any stalling whatsoever, Michigan is not going to be allowed into the college football playoffs.
We're going to draw a conclusion over the next three weeks as to whether or not you go into the playoffs before that college football selection committee picks those final four teams. That is all I'm saying. I'm not attaching guilt or innocence, even though the Big Ten commissioner, Petiti, did. I'm not attaching guilt to Jim Harbaugh. Something went wrong. Rules were broken. As stupid as the rule may be, it was broken. Kids have been suffering in college sports for years for far less transgressions than what we're talking about. We're talking about the integrity of competition. I don't see what the complication is. I truly, truly don't. 888-SAS-5303 is the number to call up. That's 888-727-5303. That is the number to call in to the Stephen A. Smith Show. I'm here. I ain't backing up. I ain't running from anybody. I can't wait for y'all to call in. I'm looking forward to it. Let me transition to another story before I get on out of here with this particular segment. Switching to the NBA, the in-season tournament obviously began. The Los Angeles Clippers played against the Dallas Mavericks, ended up getting annihilated, 144 to 126. It was not close. It was not, the, 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 the final score was not indicative of how far it was, far apart they were. The Dallas Mavericks, third best record in basketball, 7-2. Kyrie Irving balling. Luka Doncic showing what a superstar he is. Dropped 44 last night. Kyrie Irving had 27. Meanwhile, the Los Angeles Clippers are 0-3 with James Harden, 0-4 over their last four games. They're winless. They're on a four-game losing streak. This is getting ugly. Because it's a city. First of all, they're losing with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the court, along with James Harden. And Russell Westwood. Secondly, James Harden taking only six shots. That's that's a bit odd. That's a bit odd. Los Angeles Clippers are not looking good. If anybody's going to figure it out, Ty Lue's figuring it out. But Ty, Ty Lue really, really needs to be figuring out a way to get the hell out of, uh, up out of L.A. The Phoenix Suns wanted him before they ever hired Frank Vogel, but the Clippers wouldn't let him out of his deal. And so as a result, he's got to stay there. And it's one of those situations where you're looking at James Harden and you're asking, how the hell is this going to work? Seriously, how the hell is this going to work? I mean, I'm just looking at the Los Angeles Clippers right now. James Harden needs the basketball. Russell Westbrook needs the basketball. And they're not even two of the primary scorers. That, response, that responsibility falls on the shoulders of, of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So you got two dudes who are your stars who have to have the ball. And deserve it. And the 40-plus million they're getting a year mandates they get the damn ball. But the ball is in the hands of Russell Westbrook or James Harden. Both who need the ball, both who are not great with moving without the ball, their thing is having the ball in their hands and being facilitators for somebody else or themselves. Not running around through picks and screens and moving without the basketball like a Steph Curry and then getting the ball that way. No, that ain't going to work for them. Neither of them do that. This is why I wasn't really enamored with this, this move. I thought James Harden would have been better off as a Los Angeles Laker, potentially replacing a D'Angelo Russell. Because James Harden would have the ball in his hands. He could dance, he could do his thing, he could feed LeBron, et cetera, et cetera, Anthony Davis, that kind of thing. He could do that. But James Harden ain't running around without the ball. And Russell Westbrook ain't going to do that. Why is Golden State? Even with CP3, still formidable because CP3 is a quintessential point guard. But Steph Curry knows how to move without the basketball. He's one of the elite dudes in the NBA, in NBA history doing that. Remember the, the social media post or the interview that J.R. Smith, former member of the Cleveland Cavaliers? Remember when they did an interview with him 
And he talked about how Matthew Della Vadova almost died. Died! Almost died covering Steph Curry. They needed to send him to the hospital and give him additional oxygen because that's how exhausted he was from running around chasing Steph Curry. Russell Westbrook and James Harden ain't doing that. I mean, the Statue of Liberty ain't far from me. And I'm telling you right now, that might move more than James Harden. Obviously, I'm being facetious since it doesn't move at all, but you know what I'm saying. It's not a good situation. It really isn't. And I'm really wondering and I'm really iffy on whether or not this situation is really, really going to work for Steve Ballmer, the billionaire owner for the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm getting to that point. It's early in the season. I get all that. I get all of that. But it just seems like parts that don't fit. Putting a square peg into a round hole just don't fit. And if you bomber and you're trying to establish something special in Los Angeles, not be the fair weather stepchild to the Los Angeles Lakers, whose asses you've, you've kicked for the, the last pretty much five, six, eight years, for crying out loud, before you lost to them recently last week in an overtime game that Paul George fouled out of. You're trying to establish your own thing. You're building a new arena in Inglewood. This is not good. It's not good. I'm going to leave it at that for now because it's too early in the season to go any further. But I don't like what I'm seeing. And if you James Harden, my brother, this could be it for you. Yeah, you're right. You took sacrifices. You expected better from Daryl Morey. You wanted that lengthy contract extension. You wanted that long-term max deal. You left money on the table to help improve the team. You made a lot of sacrifices. You deserve a lot of credit for that. But you're also the person that stunk up the joint in game six and seven after having a 3-2 lead in the Eastern Conference semifinals last year. You're also a person that forced your way out of three teams now. You're also a person, there's ample evidence that you quit on numerous occasions. If it don't work out with the Los Angeles Clippers, my condolences, my brother. My condolences. That's me feeling sorry for James Harden. When I come back, I'm going to tell you why I feel sorry for all of us. We're in a bad, bad state of affairs right now. And it don't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon unless something drastic happens. I'm not somebody who just presents problems. I try to present solutions. You'll figure out what I'm talking about in a minute. Just stick around. You'll hear it. You're listening to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Watch it, Stephen A. Smith Show. Right, over, right here over the digital airways of YouTube. Back for more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? It's an indictment against the presumed candidates for the 2024 election. Like you pointed out at the top of your show, you've got one former president that without question, I mean, boo-boo the fool knows 
he will engage in a campaign of vengeance if he is the president of the United States again. He will not rest until he gets back at everybody who's gotten at him. That's his M.O. In the case of Biden, we're seeing somebody that just doesn't seem lucid and confident enough to be on that position four years from now. Maybe at this moment, yes. But do you have the confidence that he can do yeah, what you need him to do and run in this country for four years, starting in, in 2024 when he's 82 years old? The answer is absolutely not. That was me last night, Friday night, on CNN with Abby Phillip, who was hosting her show. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over CNN every weeknight. <clears throat> I have this look on my face because I want you to know that I'm not comfortable talking about certain subjects. I'm not a, an aficionado when it comes to politics. I'm just a concerned citizen. I read the newspapers. I read stuff online. I communicate with folks. I walk the streets of America. I hear the kind of things that I hear. But the one thing that you can expect to see on the Stephen A. Smith show, I don't run from anything. I believe it's a responsibility for anybody that has a platform and has a voice, so long as you're committed to being responsible when you're articulating certain messages, to speak about things that need to be spoken about. And the presidency of the United States of America, I think is something that's relevant to everybody and anybody who has something remotely intelligent to articulate should feel free to do so. So long as you're responsible and you're thinking about the whole and not just your own individual selves. And that's exactly what I'm going to do on this show anytime I damn well feel like it. Now, I'm going to tell you that what I'm about to get into. Is not popular. I'm not going to say names, but you can imagine some of the most popular names. In the world of politics, let's just say Stephen A. Smith has spoken to them from time to time. Gotten text messages from them from time to time. I got people on my staff. Oh, Stephen A., you can't say this, you can't say this. Stop. I can say what the hell I want to say. I'm a concerned American citizen. Am I a black man? You damn right. I'm a proud black man that's always going to think about my community. No question about that. But that don't mean we always right. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to be fair, unfair rather, to other folks just because they look differently than me or come from a different cultural background and don't share my cultural identity. I'm about truth and inching as close to it as I possibly can. And the reason I say that and why it's so important is because I'm going to say something that a lot of people out there don't want me to say. We got to find a replacement to Joe Biden. Somebody got to say it, so I'm going to say it. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to be quiet because let's face reality. Most folks shouldn't want Donald Trump to be reelected as president of the United States. I'm not getting into politics. I'm talking about the man. I'm not one of those people who believe that you, you, you're black, so if, 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 if you support a white Republican, I mean, you're selling out because the white Republican is racist. That's nonsense. When you think about conservatism and what have you, you're talking about free market capitalism. You're talking about protecting the borders. You're talking about prioritizing national security, amongst other things. 
Some of it makes sense. Some of it's a bit extreme. On the left, government intervention is necessary with black people. I'm a black man. If government didn't intervene, the government didn't intervene with civil rights have taken place in 64, with the Voting Rights Act taking place in 65. I am fully aware that both sides you can look at and you can point out positives and negatives. I don't have a problem with liberalism. I have a problem with how extreme it has become. I have nothing, absolutely positively nothing against the transgender community. But I don't want my daughter going into a bathroom with men who have decided that they're women. No, no. You live your life, you do what you want to do. But as a parent, there are certain things that I wouldn't want my child subjected to. I don't think you should have your civil rights violated. I don't think that you should be violated. I don't think that people should inflict violence upon you. I don't believe that you should be treated as a different kind of a citizen compared to all other citizens in the United States of America. But just like I have that preference, I also don't want my, my daughters around porn stars who are engaging in heterosexual activity either. Why? Because that's not what the hell I want. Everybody's entitled to their preferences and their proclivities. You're also entitled to not be subjected to certain things or to have your children subjected to certain things if you don't want to. I get it. I'm a supporter of immigration reform. I'm a supporter of immigrants. They made this country what it is today. But you know what I'm not a supporter of? A supporter of open free borders. Where everybody just come. My boy Jeff, that lives in California, my childhood buddy, said it best. If you go to Six Flags Great Adventure or Disneyland in Anaheim or Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and you spent two hours standing on a line, but then all of a sudden, right when you're getting ready to get on the ride, somebody who didn't stand on line jumped in front of you to get on the ride, you'd be ready to fight. Because you're like, wait a minute, get your ass to the back of the line like the rest of us did. That's immigration. It's people in the country mandating that, A, you come through our borders through legal means so you can be documented and you have to pay taxes and all of that stuff like the rest of us. And outside of that, you don't skip the line. That's all we talking here. I'm not a supporter of not allowing folks to come into this country. It makes us better. I'm just saying the means by which you arrive, it needs to be held to a standard that all of us are obligated to meet. That's all. I bring all of this up to say, there's a lot of issues that you can point to, to the left and the right. But we got a problem. Because ladies and gentlemen, from what they're telling us, it's going to be two choices. We either gonna elect, reelect a president that was impeached twice, that was indicted four times this year, that has 91 counts against him, that is all, at least possibly, can be wearing a zebra suit because he could be incarcerated 
either that candidate or a dude in President Joe Biden, respectfully, respectfully, who is 80 and really, really, really looks it. There's a lot of 80-year-olds, 85-year-olds who are walking around in this country. They're vibrant. They're active. They're full of life. They're lucid. They articulate themselves very, very well. They'll put 50-year-olds to shame, especially intellectually. Nobody's accusing Joe Biden of that. And it's one thing for us to be quiet because we don't want Trump getting back into office and instead of governing the country, he's on a vengeance tour, on a mission to exact vengeance against all who opposed him. Republicans and Democrats and everybody in between. Recent reports talking about instead of democracy, as Abby Phillip pointed out, you're talking about an autocracy because this man is going to be on a mission, even if it means using the Department of Justice to exact revenge against his adversaries. We don't need that. We need somebody that's going to run the country. We got the Israeli-Palestinian conflict going on. We got Iran lurking. We got China issues. You got all of this stuff going on, not to mention Russia and Ukraine. And I didn't even get into domestic issues that need to be resolved. You can't have somebody in office that seems committed to taking care of himself by exacting revenge on all those who oppose them that we don't have a government. On the flip side, we can't have people that's imploring us to be silent as stuff is taking place before our very eyes and we're just supposed to sit idly by and say nothing. It, Biden has lost momentum. He's not the same. He's not the same. You can talk about faux pas and little sound bites that he throw out and people on the right would ridicule him about it and all of this other stuff. It's not funny. That was funny. Just like you can make fun of George W. Bush when he sat up there and was like, you know, fool me once. You're never going to fool me again. No, that's funny. This ain't. I'm not talking about Biden right now. He's the president. You look at Biden, there's some things positive to point to. Addressing the racial wealth gap to the best of his ability. What he tried to do with student loans, along with various other things. And then there's stuff that you can point to. Like a recession. That they don't want to admit is going on. Food, gas price and gas prices, homes, the cost going up. But inflation kicking in and everything else. Is going up, but our salaries not commiserate to the level of inflation that's kicked in. All of these things are things that we can point to. Good or bad, on both sides. But one president doesn't look like he can give us another four years starting 18 months from now. That's just a fact. It's just a fact. And the other might be a convicted felon.
Now, we know what the right's going to do. We saw Nikki Haley. She was very impressive with the Republican debates. We saw Ramaswamy alienating all of his Republican contemporaries with every word that he uttered out of his mouth. I'm not judging. I'm just talking about what I saw. I personally was root for Chris Christie, but he's not gaining the level of traction that I hoped he would gain. They're talking about Nikki Haley now, more so than ever before. Ron DeSantis. I even saw Peggy Noonan from the, the, the phenomenal columnist from the Wall Street Journal write about how everybody else needs to step out and throw their support behind DeSantis or Nikki Haley and make it a two-horse race against Trump for the GOP nomination. Because he is just steamrolling over the competition without even showing up to the debate. He ain't paying any attention to them or whatever because his cult following or what seems to be a cult following ain't going anywhere. Well, that's that. There's a bigger problem on the left, believe it or not. In the year 2023, a party that calls itself liberals, that leans heavily on their progressive tendencies and their progressiveness, even calling themselves progressives. We look forward, we don't look backwards. We are constantly adjusting and adapting to the world that we're living in to make sure everybody is served. That same party has got us begging that an 82-year-old man at the time of an election can run for another four years. Do you have any idea how embarrassing that is? How disgraceful that is? It is, it's bad. It's bad, which is why I'm going to say what I'm going to say right now. And this is a new shocker coming from me because I love my money. I can't stand high taxes. I think it's highway robbery, some of the taxes that you got to pay in places like New York and California. I swear to goodness, I'm thinking about Florida. I'm thinking about Texas. I'm thinking about Nevada. Damn it, Delaware. I'm tired of these high taxes. Tired of them. But I'll tell you this. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, may very well be the best candidate to go against any Republican. Because if you are a liberal, I don't know anyone that's putting forth a better fight, that's articulating a better fight on behalf of liberalism and progressivism than Gavin Newsom. I don't want to say it because I can't imagine with, the, with, with so much mess that's going on in California with the cost of living, with the high taxes and everything else, I can't imagine that he would be a more viable candidate. But I'm just saying if you're a liberal, if you're a progressive and you want somebody that you have the confidence to step on on the debate stage and go up against anybody that the Republicans are going to give to you, whether it's Trump or whether or not he's convicted and he can't and he decides not to run. And it's Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. You need somebody that articulates, that looks the part. Presentation matters. Looks the part and can articulate a message on behalf of the left other than Joe Biden. I pray that I'm wrong. I know that Joe Biden would get my vote over Donald Trump. I'm not apologizing for that because, again, I think Donald Trump would be on a vengeance tour. And I don't think that's good for the country. That's my argument against him. But if you watched and has watched Joe Biden, there's slippage. 
There just is. And the American people have noticed, which is why in the latest poll, as Abby Phillips showed you, Trump is ahead in five of the six major states. I'm a registered independent. We make up about 40 to 41% of the American voter populace. I'm telling you right now, when they told me Dwayne Rock Johnson was thinking about running, I'd vote for him. I'd be tempted to vote for him, rather. Hell, if I thought about putting myself in a bad spot, I'd think about running. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. Gavin Newsom. We might need to take a look at him. We need somebody with the fervor to fight. And obviously, we haven't seen enough from the vice president, Kamala Harris, to believe that she's the case, that she's the, she's the choice. Gavin Newsom, watch his interview with Sean Hannity from months ago and see how he debunked and fought off so much stuff that Hannity tried to throw in his direction. That's what the American people need if you are a leftist. And I'm not saying I'm a, I am, because I am not. I'm not a rightist or a leftist. I don't trust neither one of them damn sides. But we can't sit up here and push for a president that just doesn't look like he's up for the job for another four years. I'm not talking about now. I'm not talking about the next 18 months. But for four years, starting in 2024, come on, y'all. Come on. 888-SAS-5303 is the number to call it. This 888-727-5303. You are listening and watching the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the digital airways of YouTube. Your calls and a little bit more up next. I can't wait. I hope you can't either. I'll holler at you in a second. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the digital airways of YouTube. As I told you before, the number to call in is 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. But before I get to the calls, because I love the fact that I'm back taking calls from all of y'all, I got to tell you that one of the things that I want to incorporate and implement into the show is uh, my funniest videos of the day. Because I got to tell you something right now. When you're paying, spending some time on social media and stuff and you see some of these videos, some of the stuff is hilarious. So just a few days ago, I saw this old video. I think it was like 10 years old, but I never saw it. And it was of some, from some newscaster at the time that was in Arkansas. You know, and it was absolutely positively hysterical. You know, so... I just said to myself, you know what? I want to use this as an example uh, of me trying to find some of the funniest videos that I'm going to incorporate into the Stephen A. Smith show because we all need laughter. We all need laughter. And every now and then something happens that has, just, just has you cracking up, okay? So before I get to the calls, I wanted to show y'all what had me laughing coming into this weekend. Check out this video right here, y'all. Just take a look. What really happened on that Thursday here at Augusta High School that led to Chris Wood's death? The fuck is that? Shit! I'm dying in this fucking country-ass fucked-up town. 
shit flying in my mouth. The fuck? I can't see pollen. Let's get the fuck out of this country, motherfucker. I can't even see me. Did you see the transition? Did you see the transformation, y'all? <laughs> One minute he's sitting up there, you know, all polished and professional, Midwestern accent, got it down packed. <laughs> you know, just delivering the news with such professionalism, such, such professional decorum. And then all of a sudden, the other side came out of him. And you know what the other side is, fellas. You know what the other side is. I ain't got to say the word, but you know it, okay? That was absolutely hilarious. Apparently, this dude went on to win Emmys and stuff like that. Various jobs that he's had, very, very successful as a newscaster, what have you. So ain't throwing no shade on him. It's just that it was absolutely, positively hilarious. So I just wanted to throw that out there. My favorite part of the show, as advertised, I'm getting to my callers right now because I've got a lot of people that want to talk to me. And as I said, I don't run from anybody. So the bottom line is that I got a live phone call system up in here. You can call right and talk to me directly, okay? This is me in the flesh. This ain't some AI situation going on where it's somebody or something pretending to be me. It's actually me, Stephen A. Let's get to the phones. Marcus in New York, you're live with Stephen A. What's up, Marcus? How are you, man? What's up, Stephen A? I'm a big fan, man. Appreciate I just it. have a question. I just have a question regarding the Jets okay. and the situation over there. What do you think? Why is Salah so hesitant and he's so scared to switch Zach Wilson out of the QP position? Because I know you know that if they do make a change, there could be a little more success than what we're having over there. Because well, I'm a Jets fan, well, 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 and it's well, been tough. Well, let's be, let's be clear about something. A couple of things here, because I'm just looking at the Jets stats right here. I just called it up right in front of you, all right? They're the 30th-ranked offense in the National Football League, 31 in yards uh, accumulated. That applies to the same when it comes to their passing yards and their touchdowns as well. They're just horrible. Okay, we're looking at Zach Wilson. The dude doesn't belong. I, I, I got serious questions as whether or not Zach Wilson even belongs in the NFL. So I don't blame you, Marcus, but here's what I would say to you. Sala showed up on a Michael K show on ESPN Radio in New York. I don't know if you heard that a few days ago. And yeah, Marcus, and Marcus, he basically told. He was like, yo, man, I, I got to plead the fifth. I mean, that's all you need to know. That's not him. He's letting you know that higher-ups are forcing his hand. They know they shouldn't have drafted Zach Wilson, but you know how these executives are and these team owners? They want to do everything that they can to exhaust themselves to give every opportunity for their selection to succeed. Remember, can I tell you a little story real quick, Marcus? Are you ready for this? Of course. I'm ready. The great, the, I, I'm, I'm saying, some people called him great. I wouldn't. But before he ever ran for president, Donald Trump was this real estate mogul that showed up on one of my shows, quite frankly, on ESPN2 in 2006. Do you know what he said to me in the green room there, Marcus? It's 2006. What did he say? He said, when you go to a bank and you borrow $3 million and you can't pay it back, you got a problem. But when you go to a bank and you borrow $300 million and you can't pay it back, we've got a problem. The moral right. of the story is, the more someone invests in you, the more they must ensure your success. And that's what the Jets did. They invested a number two overall pick into Zach Wilson, and management and ownership is, forced to, is forcing Coach Salah, Salah to do everything he can to ensure the success of Zach Wilson. But he don't have it. So guess what? 
The Bears beating Carolina the other day, having its number one pick are at their disposal. Clearly with Chicago looking to draft a quarterback, the Chicago Bears should trade Justin Fields. Justin Fields should do everything he can in hopes that he will get to New York. Even though Aaron Rodgers is there, look to work under him for a year or so. He'll retire. Then you, Justin Fields, and you can turn around with your 6-25 and 25 record as a starting quarterback self. And you can learn from a great like Aaron Rodgers and then ultimately take over the helm once Aaron Rodgers steps away. Because guess what? The Jets don't mind that plan. Anything is better than Zach Wilson. Did that answer your question, Marcus? That would be the greatest thing to happen for New York sports. And you know it, Stephen. I know you're a big New Yorker. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Nathan in South Dakota. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Nathan? What's up, Stephen A.? I got one question for you. Yes, sir. What are you going to do when Dak Prescott leads the Cowboys to a Super Bowl this year? Oh, there you go. You're a Cowboy fan, ain't you? You're a Cowboy fan, ain't you? Yes, sir. Let me ask you this question. How the hell are you a Cowboy fan living in South Dakota? Is it because y'all don't have an NFL team and that's what it is? It's about the star on the helmet? It's about the fact that they sit up there and they, they there for you every Thanksgiving? Is that what it is? That's part of it. Oh, well, at least you admit it. You're not as pathetic as most be... Cowboy fans are. Congratulations. You know y'all going to fall, though, right? You know it's inevitable. No. You ain't, won, you nope. ain't been in an AFC championship game since 1995, bro. What makes you think that's going to happen? A lot of talk about Dak Prescott not being a quarterback to win big games, and we're going to prove it this year. I got you. We got you, screwed you against dreaming. the Eagles last dreaming. week. All you're doing is say, how old are you? How old are you, man? How old are you, Nathan? 22. Oh, you're a young pup. Wet behind the ears, breath smelling like Similac. You don't know no better. I understand. That <laughs> makes perfect sense. Nathan, man, call me back another day when you get some damn senses in your head. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. Sharnetti in Florida. You're live with Stephen A. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you it's Charnetta. 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 I apologize. Let me let me pronounce that name right because I want I want to get the lady's name wrong. Charnetta. <laughs> How you doing? How's everything? Everything is good. I have one problem with you. A problem with me? Me? Yes. Stephen A. Smith. Me? What? What, what did I do? What did I do? Ever? I'm a huge fan of Lamar Jackson. Okay. What's the problem? What's the problem with that? And ever since he's been in the league, you've been one of his biggest critics. That's a lie. Shawnetta, that's a lie. I, and when he was truth? unanimous league MVP, I was in support of that. When he was looking for his bag and he got his money, I was in support of that. I've all, I just said on national television the other day, he's the leading candidate for league MVP honors. How am I against Lamar Jackson? I didn't say you was against him. I say you were his biggest critic. What does that mean? I wasn't against him, but I'm his biggest critic. What are you talking about? Right. Because you criticized his game, but you knew they never provided what he needed, but he won instead of what they provided. He was still a winner. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in champions? I believe he's a champion. No, 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 no. no. I said, do you believe in champions? Of course I do. Um, You do know that he only has one playoff victory in his entire career, do you know? That's okay. That's fine. Okay, but, but the people that he, the, his colleagues don't have a championship either. Right. Only one, and that's um, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. But what I'm saying to you, Shanetta, is that I'll talk about any quarterback like that. If you don't have the chip and you've only got one playoff victory and you're doing all of these great things, but come playoff time, you're not what you are in a regular season, I would point that inconsistency out about anybody, Shanetta. Right, but the first two years, he was 
still a rookie. He was thrown in well, because of somebody else's hurt. First of all, he's only a rookie one year. That's number one. You don't get to give him two years as a rookie. He's he only was a rookie still... one year. Secondly, he won league okay, MVP. Secondly, he won league MVP. And if you're good enough to win right. league MVP, Shanetta, why can't I hold you accountable if you show up in the playoffs and you wet the bed? Right. However, the last two years, he was hurt. So he didn't even get a chance to play in the playoffs. Okay. So this year, I want you to just Sit back no, and watch. No, I don't get paid to sit back and watch. I get paid to give commentary too. I'm not asking you not to do your job. You can't ask me not to do mine. Now be fair. Now I understand that you want me to say what you want me to say. And if you don't, and if I don't say it, you'd rather I not say anything. But I don't get paid to be quiet. I get paid to give you my expert opinion. And I'm telling you right now, Lamar Jackson's got to step up and show come playoff time. That he is what we need him to be. But you can call back. You can't tell somewhere. me that this brother is not a baller. He's a he's great. He's great. He's I just a need bona fide a, baller. Shanetta, Whether he's running or throwing. Shanetta, don't make me hang up on you. I don't want to be rude. I'm just saying, I'm just telling you that he has to do what he does in a regular season. I just want you to just during the playoffs. Give him grace. No. No. I'm not gonna give him evil. But I'm not going to give him grace. I'm going to be objective and call it like I see it. But you can call back into the show anytime. I appreciate you. Thank you. Dominic in Trenton, New Jersey. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Dominic? Stephen A., how can you not have Kobe in your top five? That's just that's blasphemous right now. Okay. How is he not in the top five? I don't, he's got more rings than LeBron. He's a better leader than LeBron. That's just horrible. You sound like one of my producers. I think you're lying about who you are because you sound like one of my producers who bitches and moans about that all the time. But let me say this to you. Kobe Bryant is one of the all-time greats. I love him to death. I miss him every day. He's a friend. But I will tell you this. You're number two at the two-guard spot to Michael Jordan. And you're number two as the all-time greatest Laker to Irvin Magic Johnson. So if you're number two in two spots, and then I've got a champion in Bill Russell that won 11 titles in 13 years, and I got another dude in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who was the all-time leading scorer until LeBron James clipped him last year, who scored over 38,000 points, who was a 19-time All-Star, a six-time league MVP, and all of this other stuff. I can't ignore the fact that you got Michael Jordan, you got LeBron James, you got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you got Irvin Magic Johnson, you got Bill Russell. If you want Kobe in your top five, who are you taking out of that top five that I just gave you? Magic. Kobe's the best Laker of all time. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Kobe won first three titles with Shaq in his most dominant form. The other two titles he won, he deserves a lot of credit for that, okay? Got blitzed by Boston in the 2008 NBA Finals, 39-point loss in that game six closeout. We understand the greatness of Kobe Bryant and what have you, but you're not the orchestrator and, and the choreographer of the of Showtime. That was Irving Magic Johnson. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Hold it. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had one title until he got with Magic. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about skill. Of course, as a one-on-one -on -one player, Magic wasn't Kobe. We get that part. But as a floor general, as a facilitator, as a winner, as a, as, as a leader, it wasn't Kobe. It was Magic. Do your homework and call me back another time. Last call. Let's go with um, London. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, London? Hey, Stephen A. It's Landon. Uh, first Landon, off, I apologize. Saying, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, 
first off your book, straight shooter. Loved it. Thank you. Um, but my question is, I am a Cowboys fan, but I want to say that I am one with common sense. So I just want to know if Jerry Jones gave you the keys to the Dallas Cowboys, what would be your first move as a GM and president? Well, my first move would be to get an elite coach because I don't think that's Mike McCarthy. I think there's clock management issues. I think he's a bit archaic when it comes to play calling. Um, I think that the league has figured him out to some degree. I think it was a mistake of letting go of Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, him taking over the play calling duties with Brian Schottenheimer. I think that Tony Pollard is obviously not a bell cow at the running back spot to somebody that can carry the ball for you 25 times a game. He just doesn't have that physicality available to him. I think that's problematic as well. I think all of those things come into play, but ultimately you've got a elite defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn. You've got the personnel on the defensive side of the ball, and you would be the best defense in football if Trayvon Diggs didn't get hurt. you got all of that going on, but you got a guy in Dak Prescott that needs to be better coached. You've got an uh, offensive play caller in Mike McCarthy, who I think is not that guy any longer. And I think you need somebody with the resume and the cachet. They don't necessarily have to capitulate to what they think will appease Jerry Jones. They can simply do what it takes to win football games. That's my personal opinion about it. That's where I'm at with it. It would be to replace the head coach. I'd go after Bill Belichick. I'd go after Mike Tomlin. Or I'd try to find somebody that could come in. I would have pursued Sean Payton, to be quite honest with you, because I think that Sean Payton would have been the answer to their prayers as well. That's just my personal opinion, and that's what I'm sticking to. I got to get on out of here for the day, but before I do, let me take a moment uh, to give major, major props to our veterans. Obviously, uh, Veterans Day is here, and we know what our military uh, servicemen and women have done for us and for this country. We wouldn't be where we are today if it were not for them, if it were not for their protection, their courage, their commitment to excellence and, and patriotism. And no matter what we do in this country, we never owe any more, more gratitude than we owe our servicemen and women. So on behalf of everybody associated with the Stephen A. Smith Show, I say thank you, God bless, and all the best to you and continue being the great, phenomenal individuals that you are. We never forget you. We never stop thinking about you. And we never stop appreciating you. Until next time, everybody, Stephen A. signing off. Peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.